Any information in this podcast is not intended to promote or recommend any particular product or services offered by Bell's family and associates. It does not take into account the objectives, financial situation, or needs of any investor. Before making an investment decision, investors should seek professional advice. In the investment world, history doesn't repeat, but it certainly rhymes. And as I talk about in terms of Amazon's earnings, and share price performance over the last year, I think it's important to look back in history and ask ourselves what point in the cycle we're at for both this company and perhaps more broadly. That was Gavin and I'm Lucy. Welcome to tomorrow's news. Before we kick into this week, last week we talked a little bit about you perhaps picking up golf and some of the market movements we observed around the world, in particular in the US, UK and China. How's your golf coming along? I should have played more golf is probably the answer. (laughs) Left my keyboard behind and played more golf. Yeah, I think certainly tricky markets, that's for sure. This week we've seen a few more rate hikes globally and earning results from some of the big movers and shakers on the S&P. Where do you want us to start first? Well, look, I think the biggest question that investors have been asking all year has been around, of course, inflation. But then alongside that, the question of when is enough in terms of rate hikes in all the major markets? And so we sort of let off with Australia making a surprise 25 basis point hike less than was expected. Mm. Now seeing comments from Canada, even comments out of Europe that suggest that everybody's a little bit cautious about all the fun they're having hiking rates because it is beginning to cause breakages in the financial system. In general, what like anything, if we do things slowly and methodically, people get used to them and they adapt and businesses adapt. But when you do them very quickly, of course, there's very little time for businesses to adapt. And I saw a great outline in terms of commercial real estate and what the impact of someone who had bought a building in 2020 or 2021 would have in terms of their ability to even continue to finance their building if they had to refinance it mm. from a 3% interest rate to a 7% interest rate. Wow. And effectively, they can't. They can't afford it. They'd need more equity. Mm-hmm. You know, so... All of these things, you know, as one-offs, they're not important, but when they begin to intrude into the broader marketplace, they're very important. And so, you know, there's always a million rumors if you watch your Twitter feed and BlackRock is rumored to be telling their clients that the Fed will, like the Wall Street Journal article, have more cautious language about the future path of rate hikes and thus give people a sense that we're sort of off the worst of the 75 basis point hiking into a more moderate period. And eventually, of course, no hikes and eventually, of course, cuts. Mm, Yeah. So we saw that in Canada where they raised rates only by 50 basis points rather than the expected 75. Are you thinking that across the board, banks will be a little bit more cautious? They're raising rates, but not as high as they've been doing and not as fast? I think that's right. I think at the end of the day, we're here day by day, but As you know, an economy is a big ship. You can look at plenty of good charts on housing, and you can see that currently both uh, the price of homes in the U.S. in particular and and rents 
have not started to fall materially, right? They've stopped going up. That's pretty clear, but they haven't really started to come back down. And I think that the Fed is very aware that their policy takes time to work. So the last thing they want to do is be raising rates well past the point at which things are really coming off because it can be difficult to arrest a decline once it begins. Of course, also don't want to get too cautious too early. Everyone, I think, is observing, as they saw in the UK and as you've seen in credit markets, there's some pretty material disruption that's beginning to go on. So Mm. um, I think all central banks are going to be cautious about what the future path looks Mm. like. Yeah. Now let's turn to this week's quarterly earning results from a number of big companies, mostly in the US. What have we seen? There's a lot of news. I think when you look at the S&P 500, it's really important to look. It's a weighted average. Mm. What does that mean? It means that what Microsoft and Google and Apple and Amazon do is on an average day, and it's less important now because the stocks are off, but is probably six, seven times more important than what JP Morgan does in terms of daily performance. So if I look today, I'm just looking at the end of today, and then I'll talk about earnings. And today, Microsoft is off around 2%, Apple about 3%, Meta about 24%, Amazon about 4%. Okay. So you say, wow, it was a pretty bad day in the market. Actually, overall, I think you know, S&P closed down 50, 60 basis points, something like that, 60 basis points. But if I look at the rest of the market, if I look at Honeywell and 3M and Target, J&J, JP Morgan, pretty good performance. You know, obviously energy continues to do well. Basic materials doing well. If I look at small caps, they're performing much better. They're generally U.S. companies with U.S. source revenue and earnings. Mm-hmm. And so what's happened to the market over the last few years has been the dominance of these technology mega caps. When you look at indices, you can be deceived because what you've been buying has been overwhelmingly the performance of a few very big companies and very big sectors, including the technology sector, the communications services sector, consumer cyclicals. But when you now begin to look at a new world, you're going to see performance come from different areas. But in the meantime, we have to slay the champions of the past before we can move on to the new future. So we decided to slay Meta. We're going to slay Amazon tomorrow. I think stock's off around 20% after hours. Microsoft is off you know, materially, although probably not as much as people thought it was going to be. Apple probably will be up tomorrow. Apple had a pretty good quarter. But I think at the end of the day, we are seeing a rotation away from these mega cap stocks and into industrials chemicals, sort of stuff people need and away from what people are considering more discretionary or even growth-oriented technology-driven investments. So you can see the performance of Netflix. It's been a real stellar performer in the last little while mm. as people perceive that, the, you know, that's needed. Target's done really well. What do I draw from all of that? Well, before I draw my conclusion for what I think is going to happen in the next little while, I just want to sort of recall history. So Amazon, you know, it's always one of those stocks, one of the funniest things that happens when you're in investment management in the sort of institutional space. Someone will say, oh, my God, you know, if I could ever buy Amazon at 100 bucks again, I'd back the truck up. Okay, I'd back the truck up. I would buy as much as I possibly could. 
Well, you, yeah. you know what Amazon's going to be trading at tomorrow? It's probably going to be trading below $100. I doubt people are going to be backing the truck up. People are going to be hating on Amazon and looking at all kinds of areas. Their free cash flow is terrible, slowing cloud growth, slowing overall growth. The level of vitriol, the jokes will fly, right? Mm-hmm. But I might go back to 2007. Okay. Now remember, Amazon stock has been split many times. And so back in 2007, on a same basis we're at today, or around $100, Apple stock peaked around $5 in September of 2007. Okay. Mm-hmm. From there to November of 2008, it went down to about $1.75. Wow. So if you think it's bad that it's gone from 200 to 100, right? It went down an awful lot more. From November of 2008 to the end of 2009, it went from $1.75 to 650. So there's your three-year little journey. Mm. Okay. Now, I don't know Amazon well enough as a company, but what I would caution people is A, that which is at 200 can go to 100, and that which is at 100 can go back to 200 or even more, Mm. right? And I think we forget those paths because we look at our most recent history. So I just would caution people that it is very easy to get overly positive at the top and overly negative at the Mm. bottom. Now, I don't think technology is going to lead us from here into super returns over the next year. I think it is more likely that those returns are going to come from smaller cap stocks that whose earnings are largely generated in the U.S. and U.S. dollars. And that's something we've been saying for a while. And then areas like biotechnology and I think financials can do relatively well, particularly if we have a soft landing, chemicals and industrials and all these other groups that have largely been ignored. It's not that there won't be any growth. There will be growth. And in fact, I think a lot of SaaS companies that are deeply, deeply oversold will present themselves as excellent investments. Mm. But in aggregate, the S&P 500 will be hampered by the fact that its biggest weights really aren't going to be the big performers. Mm. Well, it's interesting. The tech sector was so strongly impacted and reflected in these results. But yet you mentioned Netflix did relatively well. I mean, how is Netflix different to some of the others? Remember that the share prices are a function both of math and of perception. So it's perception about the future as much as it is reality, because nobody knows, including the companies themselves, Mm -hmm. what the earnings of the company are going to be even in the next quarter. I mean, they may have some idea, but I'll tell you, they definitely don't know what they're going to be next Mm -hmm. year. So it's everybody's view of what that arc is going to be like. So Mm -hmm. I think before we say, oh, there's some sort of known universe, I think we're dealing with our perception and our perception of the quality of earnings and earnings power. So one of the things that seems to be concerning investors, it's funny, it's always been true in technology and it's true in energy as well. So a lot of times people look at technology companies in their balance sheets and say, my goodness, they've got so much cash. Why do they have so much cash? Why do they need it? Well, Amazon, I I think Meta is spending like $20 billion in CapEx. Why do you spend that? Well, you need to spend on that scale when you've got 2 billion plus monthly active users Mm -hmm. 
and you're running a major technology company. It doesn't run with half a dozen people, <laughs> you know, yeah. and a bunch of uh, cloud servers. These companies need constant reinvestment and reinvigoration. So you need a lot of cash and you burn a lot of cash mm. when you're doing it. Right now, everybody's hating on, they feel like these companies overinvested during the boom times, and now they've got to cut costs. Mm. So that's sort of the impression of the market at the moment. I would suggest that what will offset that is that many of these businesses have very sticky revenues. They have subscription revenues. They have critical, if you look at Amazon Web Services, it's critical infrastructure for many businesses. Mm -hmm. And so while growth may be slowing and the multiple that you might pay for Amazon may come down, this is still a great business. Mm -hmm. I saw a little piece the other day where if you look at the business that consumers were expecting to spend more with over the next year. Amazon like outstripped everybody. Mm. And I think in part, again, that sort of serves the stuff you need category, right? Because Amazon has been really good in the US in particular, delivering you great value goods, delivering them right away. It's not about luxury services. It's about everyday staples and delivering, you know, and giving you those staples at a really good price. It's going to be interesting. I think it's worth digging into all of these companies, but you know, as I say, we fall in love with them, too in love with them at the top, too out of love with them at the bottom. I don't know if it's the bottom yet, but I, we're certainly closer to the bottom mm -hmm. than we are to the top, perhaps. But that doesn't mean they're going to lead. They could be hanging in here. Amazon could trade between $90 and $110 for a year and a half before it kind of gets to its next stage of growth. And what should we be looking at for this upcoming week? We've got through these big earnings and next week, FOMC on November 2nd. And then I think November 10th is our next round of CPI numbers. Mm. Our FOMC is going to be a big focus for everybody. And I think it's 75 basis points, but it would really be the language and the tone of the Fed that will be critical there. So mm. that's the big pivot point for next week. We'll see how markets react. This will go out after Friday's session. So uh, you guys will know that I'm wrong if I'm wrong. But I wouldn't be surprised to actually see quite a positive day tomorrow. Mm. That sounds surprising. But it's a positive day tomorrow, even after the really bad Amazon quarter. We had a bad day from Meta already here today. But the rest of the market looks pretty good. I wouldn't be surprised to see a stronger day tomorrow. So we'll see. I guess you can all check me on that and see if I'm on track yeah, or not. We will. And finally, my favorite segment on this show, who are you following on Twitter this week? Well, look, I think this week on Twitter, you got to be following Elon Musk. <laughs> he completed the buy of Twitter. He famously now went to the offices, I think holding a kitchen sink and he's fired everybody. If you work at Twitter, you probably don't have a job today, regardless of whether you're any good at it or not. We're going to see if the new Twitter, with more freedom of speech, for better or for worse, and is going to be a great business. My guess, by the way, and I'm no great lover of Elon Musk. I neither love him or dislike him. I actually think Twitter becomes more important over the next five years, and this will prove to be more likely an excellent investment for him than a poor one. So that's my bet. There you go. Thanks, Gavin. And that's tomorrow's news. We will be back next week. 